Hi, this is the Now Showing Podcast number 27, 27 and yep. it's finally Christmas. Yes, so we are finishing off a couple of themes, well we're finishing off one theme which was our western binge that we started a few weeks back, um, we'll be completing that in this podcast and we've started a romance isn't dead theme where we yeah, that's kind of that's kind of my choice. No, but it was actually quite interesting. It was so we start and we've started that one, and we're working our way through some movies in that theme. And we have also our countdown to Christmas twenty twenty, which we've also started. Um, and we've got quite a few movies in that theme as well. And then we've got a few more recent releases at the end. Yeah, it's quite interesting because uh, the countdown to Christmas has actually been the most bleakest one out of all those other movies. Um, Violence wise and sadness wise. Yeah, yeah, it has. Um, oh, I suppose Ride with the Devil had a, had quite a bit, bit of violence yeah. in it, but yeah, um, Die Hard. <laughs> yeah, Die yeah. Hard's definitely yeah. So yeah, so we've got so we're doing our so we've decided to do these things because it's just easier um, to break it up as well. To break it up and yeah, podcast topics. Um, yeah, but I think the first thing we should really talk about is the the big news about Warner Brothers shifting their entire movie slate Between. to HBO Max. Correct. Yes. That's a huge thing. Huge for anyone involved in movies, whether you're a critic, a moviegoer, it's, or even in the business. It's a huge shift. Um, so basically, the gist of it is Warner's, Warner Brothers announced this, this week that they were going to, instead of just releasing... Wonder Woman, uh, 1984, which was slated for December, a December release. December release they on HBO now, on, a, on HBO Max. No, originally I think they were they originally said only only, only in cinemas, but yeah. let's face it, COVID is not going away. Definitely not in the states. And anytime soon. I think it's yeah. a smart move. Yeah. So so basically, Wonder Woman 1984 was always going to be released at theaters, but then uh, Warner's decide Warner Brothers, I should say, decided to make it a simultaneous release, release between the cinemas and, and HBO Max streaming. Yeah, so HBO Max streaming. But it looks like it's their entire 2021 release, yeah, release including Dune, yeah. which is Dune, awesome. Uh, the Matrix the 4. The Matrix 4. So, yeah, so, so, so as you can imagine, this is a huge deal. Yeah, this is not like little bunch of indie movies. This is mm. the big hitters. And mm. let's face it, those are... Those some of the are biggest pretty movies. much going to be some of the biggest movies. Um, the interesting thing is, it's well, okay. I know that Disney paved the way with Milan, and that was a pretty wonky release. But these are pretty big hitters, and well, I mean, in terms of family orientated content, I guess Milan is big, but it's nothing like these movies yeah, that are coming out. Yeah, but this is a sign. I'm guessing that others, other other. Studios have to, studio have to consider doing. Mm. If they, if one person goes, then hopefully everyone else jumps in. Now that's I know there's been some publicity around this, obviously because it's such a big deal, um, and I know that AMC have said um, have commented on what what Warner Brothers has decided to do. Some people are calling it premature, considering there is a vaccine for COVID on on the way. Um, from what I've read, the vaccine, even if the vaccine gets rolled out next year to everyone, like let's just say for argument's sake, if it gets rolled out, it's going to be at least a year, maybe even longer before people will begin to, to show immunity against, um, against COVID. So you are actually looking at a, a two to five year process. Um, for it could even be longer, or even longer. Yeah, we, I mean the thing is, you know, we we don't we just don't know because COVID has we have never seen anything like this in our lifetime, um, and to say that it's going to be over in a year, I'm sorry, but I think you're really not understanding how viruses work. Um, if you're saying that you're only going to have to be doing this, you know, you're only going to have a year and everything yeah. will be back to normal. But uh, I mean, like obviously, the when we saw the film festival that was at home. Um, we we saw probably the record amount of movies we ever seen, in a film festival. because yeah, we film didn't festival. have to go out. Exactly. We didn't have to pay for parking, didn't have to go to a restaurant for you know for lunch <laughs> or dinner, and and then and, and it's time and it's travel. You don't we were watching three movies back to back like mm. it was nothing. 
and we're willing to pay for it. And obviously, I think a lot of companies are realizing that they can get more money by doing this. Or getting, or okay, so yeah, so my understanding of this is that Warner Brothers want to cut their losses, which I think is smart. It's it's financially smart. Is it financially viable to do what they're, well, they 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 want to do? Well, there's only one way to find out. Exactly. Now with the NZIFF. Honestly, I, I can't believe more people aren't talking about this because the NZIFF was in June of yeah, this year. And that was a standard. And that was and, and they and it was the first time they had the New Zealand International Film Festival had ever rolled out their movies hybrid. on a hybrid um, model, which is what people are now talking about as the go to thing, which is what Warner Brothers are now doing. So the New Zealand International Film Festival were doing this back in June. That's when we had our film festival. And honestly, it was the most seamless process I've ever experienced. Um, working, you know, going from s- s- purely being released in theatres to a- an online streaming mm. format. And honestly, it is the way that everything should be going. Oh, it's it's a no-brainer. The the only thing I'm, I'm I know that a lot of there are some historical cinemas in New Zealand, not like the ones in the states, and I mean like. Well, kind of. Well, like, kind of. I mean, they're yeah. historical to us, but yeah, yeah kind yeah. of like they are in the States. But, like, at that same time, are we going to see the end of, like, chains mm. eventually? So, mm. Because... Cinema chains, yeah. Like, I don't want to sound awful, but all those HBO Max movies, I'll be paying for those. Yep. I won't be going to cinemas. Yep. And it's because <laughs> of sheer convenience. That and also safety. And all these movies are going to be 4K. So if you exactly. have a four K, if you have a four K TV, setup. That's yep, it. like we do, we actually do have a four K setup here at home, um, because we love. I mean, we spend the majority of our spare time. Well, not, I wouldn't say the majority, but a, a big chunk of our spare time watching movies. So yeah. obviously, we want to watch it in the comfort of our home in a four K setup. It's, it's a, yeah, like, it's it's I to me, that, yeah. it's a no brainer. I mean, I understand what the argument is with uh, the e- exhibitions. Um, you know, you know, for the for the theatres themselves, for people to have that experience, that theatre experience, where they're going, you know, with a group of friends or your family or whatever it is, going to the theatre, having a good time, you know, and experiencing the movie in theatre. Yes, I understand that. That's and that's perfectly fine if people, you know, if people still want to do that. But if it came down to it, I mean, would you really? Would it really be there? Would you be, you know, and really? Would yeah. you be really giving up that much? I mean, well, not I think, really. I, th- I think it's the experience, but, yeah, but I, I mean, found the experience at home a hundred times better than going to the cinema. Yeah, especially. And I know, that. I know that, like, mm. in New Zealand, we're we're in a very lucky situation, not like everywhere else in the world. Yeah. But but we still, still but see, I this still is the, see it at home. Yeah, exactly. Hundred percent. I I just I just yeah. It's done. Like it's, but the book is closed. That's mm. it. I if if it doesn't mean if it means I have a choice of going to the cinema. Or staying at home, I will stay at home. Yeah, it's just easier. Yeah, yeah, it, it really is. And I mean, the thing is, I guess as a big as a business that's wanting to make money, HBO have decided that it's. I think it's smart. That it's, yeah, that it's smarter for them to cut their losses now, and at least gain some of the, you know, gain some of the the the, the money back, um, rather than risking it on theaters and people not going. I mean, if you had a choice. What would you do if you were in that financial situation? Well, if you're in America, it's gonna be it's gonna be a yeah exactly because you situation exactly because I mean numbers are, the, the the COVID numbers in, in LA I think it is are soaring still and have actually reached record numbers. So I mean, this is a really smart thing that Warner's are actually Warner Brothers are doing. I honestly they are paving the way. Yeah, I actually believe that this is this is the beginning. Yeah, yeah, of something monumental. And you know what, like. If it means I don't have to go to the cinema anymore, so there. Yeah. I'm willing. To, I'm willing to do that. It's yeah. the same. I grew up w- with like, yeah. like VHS, the VHS. Well, yeah. I grew up with VHS and DVD stores. Yeah. What happened? Look what happened to them. Exactly. The one, the way of a dinosaur. Essentially, they've yeah. just gone out. Yeah. And I think I think I, I hate saying it, but I think cinema is slowly. Yeah, a it's, thing it's of the turning past. that way. It's, a thing of the past. Well, look yeah. at Netflix and all those companies now. Mm. They see it's a viable option. Yeah. Amazon. Yeah. Who thought Amazon was going to be into this business? Yeah. They so are. clearly, these businesses that are pop, these streaming um, providers that are popping up left, right, and centre all over the, the internet, 
clearly they see a viable financial you know business model because they are creating their business around the idea of cinema goers staying inside and watching movies from home so clearly there is there's money in there's it. money in that yeah. now i would rather have some money than risk a movie going to the theaters and only 20 percent of people going it would actually be really or interesting it'll be interesting to see how much money uh, they Warner will Brothers make, make yeah. yeah, because as a result of HBO Max. Oh, yeah, yeah, I think I think it's smart. Yeah, like it's now that doesn't mean that as a, as a moviegoer you don't have to you know you don't you don't have any other option. You can still go to the theaters, but in certain countries in the world that's not really. I mean, unless you're willing to wear masks and gloves and everything else, it's not really, honestly, a, a wise kind of thing to do. No. You're putting yourself at risk. You're putting everyone, at, everyone else that you know at risk by being in that situation. For me, it's just I don't. It's not even an option anymore. I think, and, and that's coming from someone living in New Zealand, where it's relatively safe to just walk around without a mask. In countries like the States and the UK, where it isn't anymore, um, yeah, no, that's a no-brainer. No, no way. So yeah, it's it's it is quite interesting times. Mm -hmm. Very interesting times. I mean, obviously. The film festival we had a we had a taste of it yeah and yeah and we we're giving it the the thumbs up in yeah. every respect it's just an for for us it for us it's just a no-brainer it'll be interesting to i mean i don't know much about how hbo are going to do it are they going to do a flat rate for an entire month or are they going to pay for a movie they're, well they're going to okay nothing's i don't think anything's been discussed about cost but i know that it's got the way it's going to work is that they're, they're releasing the titles for one month on HBO Max and then releasing it in theaters after that. So anyone who wants to watch it from home on their streaming service can do that. That's good. Yeah, for a month. Yeah, because I know that they just recently took away their one week trial or one month trial. Yeah. So you have to, you actually have to pay. Yeah, but who cares? Yeah, I know. I mean, no, no, I mean, no, no, you know, we, yeah. when we were talking about cost, uh, how much we'd no. invested in our in the film festival, we spent the most we'd ever spent, and it was worth it more than worth it I and actually, we would do yeah. it again because when you think about it like if you saw a movie you didn't like you just turn it off <laughs> as bad as it sounds <laughs> yeah but we haven't done but that but no we haven't done that no we no, watch but, movies to the yeah, end but, but like yeah. imagine like and that was I think that's what happened to us the previous year um, we went and saw a couple of movies that we and just didn't like honestly yeah. um, I you, was like looking at my watch going, going God, when is this please, end? Yeah. please when, when is this going to end yeah. now if you don't like it you can switch it off you still have to pay for it. That's actually it's, another but, good point. But at the, the, that same time... As a viewer, you have a lot more control. Yeah. You don't have to worry about people on their cell phones. You don't have to worry about noise. You don't have to worry about people next to you, like... Having a yarn. Or, yeah, well, or, or like, making your, your seat really uncomfortable because they're really big yeah. and you're not. And, yeah, all of those sort of things that are minor inconveniences, yes, but they're still inconveniences. Yeah, if that means I can sit on my bed and watch... Yeah, or like wherever a, you a, want. Like a, like a grand movie. Yeah. Exactly. So be it. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. Um, and one thing I did want to add is actually I read some commentary on social media. I won't mention names. I won't mention accounts or anything like that. But I did, I, I saw some commentary from some critics. Um, I don't know where they were from in the world. I'm sorry. I think they were the, from the States, but I could have been wrong on that. Um, saying that they weren't happy with the decision that Warner Brothers had decided, uh, had made because they didn't want to see their name um, and watermarks all over the movies that they, they are getting as screeners being sent to them to, be, to watch from home. That was actually a thing that they were talking about. Some of these critics weren't happy that they had to do that. They wanted to be able to go to the theatre because that's how they, they felt they should be seeing a movie. And you know what? I'm sorry, but I find that quite arrogant. And it's like, first of all, you're getting these movies for free. Why are you bitching about it? Secondly, so what if you see a watermark across your screen? You know what? I think people can complain because they can. Yeah. And I think those are people. I mean, like you're in a privileged situation as it is. You shouldn't really be complaining. And the fact that you'll be watching it from home means you'll be keeping yourself safe and everyone that you know safe. Yeah. But anyway, enough on that. Enough on that. Let's move on to our huge roster of movies that we're going to be talking about. So we'll do them in themes because that's just easier. So. We only got one western. Yeah, because we finished that. Yeah, and um, ride with the deal. Uh, sorry, ride with the deal. <laughs> ride with the deal and Ang Lee. And, and, and another Ang Lee movie. Yeah, yeah, nineteen ninety nine. You have a slight disposition. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I don't think they actually said that in that movie, but this is 
this ride with the devil is a movie based on uh, sorry is a movie about the southern is it based on this it's like these rebels that the that, southern they were southern well, america but but they not, but not south america they were from the southern states southern of america southern states but there's also northern the northern yeah. states also had the, the jayhawks i yeah. think yeah. they were called yeah so it's basically about like during the civil war it's basically about two militia groups i think yeah. that rose up and they were basically just average people. And they were just fighting separately from yeah, the Yeah, so armies. they weren't... Yeah, they were fighting separately from the armies. So that being the greys and the blues. Yeah. Um, and the amazing cast that this movie had, yeah. I had no and idea. It, I, Skip from, Urich. Skip Urich. Urich. Um, Urich. Um, however it's pronounced, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, Toby Maguire. Yeah. Who else was on it? Toby Maguire, Skip Urich. That's the only one I really remember. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the dude from The Mentalist. Oh, no. And James Casaville. Yeah. Yeah. But, mm. um, yeah, I mean, I never knew anything about this. Yeah. Um, this was a movie that we chose because it was in a list of westerns that we were looking well, at. Well, and it's kind also, of, it's a very unconventional because everyone associates the self with the bads, and you kind of see it from their side. And, yes, and that's and actually really important too, weird. because because I've never seen a movie that's that shows it from the other side. I've only ever watched movies that have shown it. Well, from Hatfield the, and McCoy's is a perfect. Yes, example. and we're still. We're oh, still, that's not on our list. We're still watching. Yeah, them. we're watching, watching that. Yeah, so we have started Hatfields and McCoy's as well. It's a three-parter. It's the 2012 miniseries that was phenomenally huge when Kevin it released. Kevin uh, it was directed by Kevin Reynolds and and stars Kevin Costner as. Devil, Ants, Hatfield, yeah, Vance, and yeah. Bill, Paxton, Bill Paxton, rest his soul, um, as the M McCoy. And it's got Boyd Holbrook. Boyd Holbrook. Yeah. In it as William Cap Hatfield. Yeah. And I think Matt Barr as Jonesy Hatfield. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Ride with the Devil is crazy. Like, it's pretty bloodthirsty. Yeah. And, um... um it's, honestly, it was hard for me to see Toby Maguire in a western. Well, I mean, it's kind of a western. Um, yeah, because it, because it does so transition. It, it transitions weird because it starts off kind of like all normal, and then it goes one year later, and they're all got beards <laughs> yeah. and they're all ruthless, shooting people in the face. Yeah, and and these huge gunfights, like huge shootouts. Like Western style kind of shootouts. It's it's actually a really yeah. really good film. He's a ma'am. I'm not gonna shoot you. You're a lady. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. It's like this weird kind of gentleman's rule. Don't uh, shoot. It, it kind of is. Like don't shoot a woman in the face. Yeah. Because he actually says that too. Yeah. He says we don't we don't shoot women or we don't yeah. we don't we don't hurt women. Yeah. Yeah. We don't hurt but women, ma'am. We don't burn, hurt women, ma'am. Yeah, but you can shoot their husbands and burn their house down. <laughs> Jeez. And they actually do that. They let the woman and they let the women and children run out, and then they destroy the house. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's 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 crazy. Like, um, from my understanding, this movie didn't do very well, and with Ang Lee's like record of films, he's been very successful. Yeah, well, this was in well, okay, so this was nineteen ninety nine, so some time ago now. But so was this pre Spider Man? Yes. Oh wow. yeah. Oh wait, wait, wait. Was it? I don't, I don't know. I think original Spider-Man was. Oh no! Yeah, nah. Yeah. Sorry, it was. Yeah, because the 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 Tobey Maguire didn't do Spider-Man until like two thousand two thousand two two thousand four. I think it was. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so this is pre Spider-Man Tobey Maguire, but I'm just so used to seeing him in that, that role because it's just his yeah because it's his most prolific yeah, role yeah and it's a very fascinating movie. Mm. Um, it's really underrated. Yeah. And Ang Lee actually did quite a few. Unusual movies he at this did, time. Yeah, and we've what we so we, we saw this. And what was the other Angley one? Well, there's another one as well. Uh, Not Brokeback Mountain. Uh, did he do Sense of Sensibility or Yeah, I think it's one of those. It's one of those. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like he he he's he's a multi-genre director, which I love. And he did Marvel. He and did he did, Yeah, Marvel. exactly. So you're talking about it. Yeah, I mean, and, and Life of Pi. And Life. Oh, did he do that? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, he's 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 a quite so a unique kind of, character. Yeah, so like, we're kind of on an Ang Lee kind of thing right yeah. now as well. Um, so yeah, so that actually completes our Western binge, apart from Hatfields and McCoys, which, which we're, still we're still watching, yep. chewing away. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so we decided to move on to romance. I know. Please don't sit there and go ooh. 
romance. Look, I'm taking the bullet for all of mankind, okay? <laughs> no, but it's actually been really cool. Yeah. It's actually like We've really... We've actually seen some pretty good films. Um, this is something I would never do. Like, yeah. Uh, but... <laughs> didn't really have much of a choice. Yeah, I didn't. <laughs> um... <laughs> So yeah, so Pride and Prejudice, so two of the, one of, well, I mean, two of the biggest, I would say, titles in that, you know, in that genre, yeah. really, that are really romance slash dramas. Um, Pride and Prejudice 2005, which is the one with Keira Knightley and Andrew McFadden, is yeah. it? And, I actually really like that. Yeah, and yeah. Sense and Sensibility as yeah. well was also, Sense and Sensibility was Ang Lee. Ang Lee, yeah. Yeah. Um, two amazing movies. Yeah, what I liked about Pride and Prejudice was the, the, I think um, the the massive contrast between rich and poor, and you could really see in their mm. homes. But what I loved about um, the main family's home is it felt lived in, and you could really see it. It looked messy, but at the same time homely. It looked realistic. And why too, would like... the why would the rich family? It just looked surgical and like too pristine, and it just mm. looked like mm, that's actually of, really like... important because the characters themselves are very much a, a, a byproduct of their yeah, their and, and that's why their yeah, environment, like, their houses, and, and yeah. It was interesting to think like the the poorer families felt more connected to each other. Mm. Why with the richer families they were just kind of completely oh, the opposite, opposite like kind of almost evil, but like real kind of calculating and kind of yeah. Yeah, I mean that, that's actually a very interesting way to look at it because I mean when you when you say romance, most people go oh romance and roll their eyes, but I mean it's really yes at its heart it is very much a romance because it's about. Um, a man and a woman who are the most ill-suited for each other but end up being the ones that are most in love with each other by the end of the film, which which you don't... I mean, you kind of do see... I mean, is it cliché to have that kind of relationship? Enemies... I, I suppose it's enemies to lovers. Yeah, but when you think about trope. the origins for this was in the 1800s, so... Yeah, yeah. And, and that is very much, in essence, why this movie is so good because it uses those really does use those, I guess, I wouldn't, wouldn't call it characteristics of that time, but I suppose it is really because, you know, you don't just knock on someone's door and, and say, hey, do you want to go out? I mean, it was nothing like that. You know, nowadays it's like you send a text or you go on any one of those dating apps and find someone that you want to go it's out with. It's a lot of work in those days, Jesus. That's the thing. It yeah. was. And that's what makes it so important, I think, to the, to the genre itself because ro true romance is really very very you know it's very very subjective because it's really all about yeah i think it's breaking well not breaking molds but um i, f I think a lot of people don't like these movies is because how traditional and cliche. They are and cliche yeah some people find these movies very like, cliche yeah i was watching it and i was like i was like is that what people had to do yeah like had to go to dances and then yeah. like, kind of your parents had to court you yeah well you basically. had to have a um yeah you had to have a, a chaperone everywhere you went and it was and i love that i mean I, I actually think that you know when you say romance is dead i mean when you watch a movie like this you kind of think well that there you go that's the reason why romance is dead because who in their right mind is going to do all of this just just to gain the favor or affection of a person yeah well, actually, some people do. <laughs> some people actually do because, you know, they, they fall so head over heels in love with this person mm. that they're willing to do whatever it takes. And I think that is kind of the message. I think one of the messages that comes from this movie is that that you may find love in the most unlikely of places and the most unlikely of people. And for love to really grow or to flourish, you have to be able to, to let that person in. And I think, yeah, yeah um, I think that's what it's really, this movie I, is yeah, really about. Just, it's just so like based on family, like you had to, your family yeah. had to prove everything. Yeah. yeah. And if you were poorer than the person that you oh, loved, oh. that was a huge issue because yeah. you can't have someone from one class dating someone from another. Um, it just wasn't done. And that's yeah. also another thing because he is from upper class yeah. wealth and she isn't she's, yeah, she she's, would be lower and, middle and, class and, uh, and also having like what how many sisters does she have like yeah five, five four, something like four that, five. or five sisters and it's mm. just like god yeah it was it was literally like the mother was trying to sell her daughters yeah off. she was, <laughs> mom was it did seem much mom very was much like, like that 
Mum was a psycho. She was a scatterbrain. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, very a very very interesting take on romance. If well, you have not seen it's, it, it's a very traditional, but I I quite liked it because. Um, Based on I, I, books. Not, obviously, I've seen it before, but seeing it again and going. Oh. Yeah, this is a rewatch, by the way. Yeah, but I mean, th- that's the thing that we found with re- um, rewatching older movies is that you have such a different appreciation for them, um, which is actually the most important part of the yeah. process, I think. Um, which leads us into our second romance themed film, which is Sense and Sensibility. And again, set very much in the same time. Because, same time. Yeah. Um, um, and. Ang Lee directed Emma Thompson wrote this yes. and she also starred in it correct very and produced it too produced I think it. Yeah. It's, it's so, she's I mean, really amazing yeah, she is very talented yeah. um, and she is wonderful in this mm. wonderful in this and, and this is actually I mean for every sort of romance based in this time I guess tragedy was also was was very much always there it was like an undercurrent to the, ro- to I the romance I thought it was way bleaker yeah I yeah. do yeah definitely and especially when they kind of realise that they they kind of have to give up everything, and they lose everything. Yeah, yeah. I know. Uh, Hugh Grant in this was amazing. Yeah, honestly, I think this is one of his finest works. You you wouldn't yeah you wouldn't honestly you wouldn't. I mean, what I'm trying to say, you wouldn't find it hard to fall for someone like Hugh Grant because he was actually the opposite. Yeah, of, he was. Yeah, like the um, of what you'd expect. I know from he someone. was. He was really nice and stuff. Like yeah. the conversations compared he had, to his sister. With um, Emma Thompson. What Emma Thompson Thompson's and the character. kids and he was just a nice guy. Yeah. And I mean, it's just so hard to relate to. I think he was a nice guy in a bad a nice, predicament. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Yeah. That's why I quite liked about this one comparing to um, Pride and Prejudice because it seemed more truthful. Yeah. Yeah, more realistic. Well, I think the less, both, cli- I, less cliched. I, 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 yeah, less cliche. Yeah. I think, I think, um, sense and sensibility was the more truest thing, and it was, it was even more worse because obviously, even though, um, she was like the next in line, she, she did, she couldn't get the house because obviously she was a woman. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Exactly yeah. why these stories are so important because yeah. they're a lot more than just romance stories. They, they, they. Like I said, they capture very much the essence of the times, yeah. which you know, if you're wanting to learn about romance in that time, it's a perfect example of yeah. what to watch. But yeah, it's, yeah. it's awesome. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So we do have one more movie that we'll be slotting, and we haven't did anything else other than this, but we are hoping to watch Wuthering Heights. Hoping yes. To. Yeah, from 1995. And this is the one that has... Um, Juliette Binoche and Ralph Fiennes as Heathcliff. Juliette Binoche as Kathy. Oh, yeah. I know that there is a remake and it's got um, yeah. the dude that played Bane in, from The Dark Knight. Um, Tom Hardy. Oh. Yeah, no, it's no, the more no. recent 2004, I think it is. Okay, yeah. No. <laughs> I don't want to see that, no. I'm sorry. Yeah. Ray Fiennes is perfect as yeah, so, yeah. Um Okay, so that's our Romance Isn't Dead theme, which we're moving on, to, on from, um, to now hit our countdown to Christmas movies. Um, so basically we're counting down yeah, Christmas, and, actually, and we're trying to see as many Christmas movies as we can before the 25th. These are probably the most bleakest movies I've seen, <laughs> and they're all Christmas related. Um, so last night we watched the the... The Your die, choice. My choice, Die Hard. And um, yes, it is a Christmas movie. Yes, it is. Yes, yes it, is. it is a Christmas movie. And it is <laughs> just cheese. It's so cheesy in some parts, yeah, but also so it. excellent in some parts. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, the cast is incredible. Uh, I mean, you know, this is this was at Bruce Willis's height, the height of his I career. I would say this is peak. Yeah, this, this, is peak. this is the movie that people, yeah. you know, when you say Bruce Willis, Die Hard. Yeah. This and, and when I think of most Die Hard movies, I technically only think one, oh, and two, one, one and two, one and two, and that's it. Mm. Um, it was awesome to watch, um, and just how bloodthirsty it is. <laughs> and um, yeah, I mean, I love the story of the of the the story behind this is actually really interesting because it's a um, a New York cop that's on that's come to the L.A. for his wife's Christmas ex-wife. Sorry, his ex-wife's Christmas do whatever they yeah. do. And um, he manages to stumble pretty much on 
a hostage a hostage situation dash, robbery yeah and, terrorist kind of and then he kind of slowly undercovers like this so he you know so he's the hero he's basically the uh i wouldn't call him a he's more like an anti-hero yeah, type because you really don't like him man like, he's and but he is very heroic in the same sense that you'd expect but he's also kind of doing his, making his own rules and doing yeah. his own thing so he's kind of a little bit on the edge but i mean you know those characters tend to be more interesting yeah alan rickman is alan really rickman is, a, is hans gruber hans gruber He's awesome Hans in this, Kuba. and there's it's, it's actually quite a lot, quite a good kind of um, like chess plays in yeah. this as well, yeah. which yeah. I really liked. Yeah, and it's always you know, it, it, it very much is a chess game between Hans Gruber and well his group John, and, and John McClane. John McClane. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I actually found that probably the more fascinating thing about it. The stunts are pretty crazy in this. The stunts well. are actually amazing. Yeah. Yeah, they really are so good, and the action sequence is sh nothing short of perfect yeah. in this one, which is why it gets four stars and five stars from literally from everybody everyone. that watches it. Yeah. I haven't I haven't really looked at any negative reviews because there really aren't very many, honestly. From the group of people I follow on Letterbox, they all have great taste. Yeah. And this, yeah, this, and and yeah, believe it or not, this is a Christmas movie, so that's why it's on our list. Mm. Um, and that was 1988. That's definitely not the oldest one that we've seen, however. No. Gremlins is the oldest one that we've seen. So we talked about that one, yes. Yep. Um, yeah, also a Christmas movie. and um, <laughs> Very different. I, I, forgot, I forgot again how violent this movie yeah. is. Yeah. And this, I mean, was this rated? What was this rated? I don't know. Because this is supposed to be a kid's film? Well. Really? Well, I mean, like when um, Gizmo is Gizmo and the other... And Spike and his, you know, other underlings, yeah, uh, his, well, his mogwais, other yeah, before they turn into gremlins, yeah, they're all cute and stuff, yeah, but yeah, because and, as soon as they turn, it's like, gosh, yeah, they, they're actually killing people, so. yeah, and it's actually weird because, um, it's produced, I think it was produced by Steven Spielberg or, or he presented this movie, so obviously, yeah. and Kathleen Kennedy as well, so. This is definitely kind of a kids movie, but once they become gremlins, obviously not Gizmo. Yeah. Um, yeah, it goes very dark. It goes really dark. Yeah. So this is actually a really dark kind of Christmas movie for kids, if you can believe that. Um, and yeah, I mean it has a Christmas theme because it's at Christmas time and yeah. there's lots of Christmas trees and snow and all of that sort of thing that happens in the states and at this like, time of year. Yeah, it's like the small town. And it's a small town. And it's and, very, and the gremlins yeah. turn the thing turn the entire town upside down. Yeah, it's a very quirky movie. Like watching it again and just going. There's a couple of weird things. Like I showed you that time machine, and then like yeah. I show the next scene and it disappears. Yeah. Like yeah, kind of like a little homage to Back to the Future. Yeah, yeah, kind of was. Um, and yeah, and the actors because this was in the eighties. You know, some of these actors people just don't even know, don't even really think of anymore. Um, Phoebe Cates, who was big in the eighties, and I don't I don't know the name of the, the actual main character. <laughs> Gizmo's Gizmo Dad. Yeah, Gizmo's Dad. Um, but um, yeah, it's it's a weird movie, and it ends weird as well. Like just yeah. everything about it, it just seemed like the first part was definitely for kids, and then the second part was like let's let's ramp it up to eleven. Gremlins blowing up and microwaves getting slushed with blenders and yeah, man, yeah, yeah, it's pretty yeah, it's, it's kind of strange to think that this was actually aimed at kids, but there you go. Um, and it is very much a fun movie, so yeah, it's if, a, you, it's haven't, a, yeah, it's if a, you haven't seen Gremlins, it's it's one of those movies that you kind of have to see because it's it does encapsulate. Yeah, and I don't I don't know what to place this almost yeah. horror almost. It's like a romance, drama, horror. Yeah. Sort of. And, and even that old lady, she was like, yeah, I'm going <laughs> to... She, what did she do? She was like, um, she was like, yeah, I'm going to get your dog and kill it. Yeah, was she, like, was, she was horrible. Jeez. She was scary, that woman. Yeah. yeah, she was basically talking about killing the dog. Yeah. Killing like, his dog. I'm going to make it go sleep. <laughs> and I was like, jeez. And she was happy about it. Yeah, she loved it. And she was always cutting in front of people. Yeah. It's a real bitch. Yeah. St Steven Spielberg. My hat to you. Yeah. Sir. Because that was actually a great movie. Um, so, Love Actually, I think, will go in order of gear of release. Yeah. Um, Love Actually. Love Actually is actually... 
it's not even actually not even a love story. It's it, actually bleak it's, and well, it's, it's well the way I look at it is it's about love in different ways. It's it's about all the different ways love can 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 be, I guess, expressed. Yeah, but also destroying. And exactly, but but like I said before, I, well, lust, with, with well, lust, you know, yeah, with a lot yeah. of love comes a lot of hurt. Um, it, it's just that those two things just don't seem to separate at all. You know, I, I mean, it's like seeing this and. What I loved about it is the different examples of love that it, that it portrayed. Yeah, in I the know. Film. Yeah, there was actually some really good things, but there were some things where I was thinking, "This is not a good movie." <laughs> You mean good as in, as well, in happy? It's definitely not. No, it's a very un, like unconventional. I think I think the title like confuses a lot. Because, a lot of people, yeah, because it says love, yeah. so you're automatically assuming, oh, this is another romance, cheesy cliche. But it's actually not. It's it it is a story about different people and the way that love enters and leaves their lives and self-destructive and can, and how love yeah it's, and how love in some instances yeah. yes, um, and it's also about irrequited love to a bit. I mean, to a, a little bit. Yeah. Um, because I mean, the the character that have to t have to tip our hat to Andrew Lincoln, who was in this. I forgot that he was even in this. Exactly. And he played a kind of really? weird kind of character. Yeah, in this. but that was that was one of the stories I liked because yeah. it wasn't cliche. It was basically the story about him loving another woman that he can't have no matter what because she's yeah, his best friend's I, wife. And, like how how long it took um, Karen Knightley to realize it? Yeah. Like when she was watching the video. That was so uncomfortable. Yeah. I really felt so sorry for yeah. both of them because here she is, like looking at the video. And he's like covering his eyes. Going, yeah, because oh, he's so embarrassed. Like, totally because, cringing. Because he was trying to hide that. Yeah, he was. Totally because cringing. he was so much in love with her yeah. that it was, was so like, obvious. Yeah, she was like, "Oh, you're focusing on me a yeah. lot." <laughs> and he yeah. was like, she, yeah. No, she, yeah, she said, "It's she was, all about me." Yeah. yeah, and like she was like like the. Yeah. You could see and, the clockwork, like... And her character her. was lovely. She was the most understanding person. And that's what I mean. Like, that, that is like, for, you know, for someone who, I mean, is in that situation, it doesn't often work out for those people. But she no. made it so easy on her. Yeah, I think it made it. Yeah, and she I think that she was beautiful. Been, she could have been a lot she worse. She could have been horrible to mm. him. And it could have been a much different situation, but she was really lovely. Yeah. Um, and that was one of the best stories, I think. And also the other one about Liam Neeson losing his wife, and then and then kind of like um, kind of coaching his well, kid. kind of projecting um, some something positive on onto his the, kid, on his kid, yeah, and that doing every, everything he can to realize what love is really yeah, about. Yeah, and, and that you can experience it at any age. You know, yeah. love doesn't have barriers. Love can happen to anyone. Doesn't matter how old I mean, you are. I, doesn't matter how it's young weird you are. Because even even Leonis and losing his wife in real life, well, and seeing that, yeah. and it was like yeah, but bit, but but see but when it released, it, I know yeah, it was, before, was years before, it was but years before, but yeah, yeah, it does kind of add a bit of a dampener onto yeah. it a little bit, yeah, because he did really lose um, his wife, um, and then yeah, I mean so so that's what I love about love actually, and then there's the story of, um, oh, I always forget his name, with the Portuguese girl, I always forget his name. Colin Firth. Yeah. Then there's Colin yeah. Firth's Colin story. Colin Firth's character was great. Yeah. And his his story as well. Because um, he lost his wife because she was cheating on him. Yeah. Yeah. But I just. But yeah. he won big time by getting out of that relationship, yeah. in yeah. my opinion, because he gained the love of someone that was absolutely head over heels in, in love with him. Yeah. Um, and couldn't couldn't talk about it because she couldn't speak English. Yeah. So everything that happened between them was really kind. Of, it reminded me so much of Lost in Translation. Yeah. That kind of whole, you know, that kind of whole experience where yeah. language is just one way of being able to say what you feel. Yeah, I think that was really important in that story. So yeah, so it's really a beautiful film to watch because of all these different. Yeah, but then the negatives were. And then um, there are some negatives as well. Well, Emma Thompson. Emma Thompson's and, character. Yeah, and the woman in the office that was in love yeah. with that god. Ellen. <laughs> No. Um, oh, oh yes no that one okay yeah. so yeah so now i was talking about the other one that had the brother that was so sad yeah yeah that was yeah kind that of sad. was same. but um but yeah but then there's the relationship that emma thompson has with her husband alan and rickman the stuff she says oh yeah man. yeah like, that was kind of heartbreaking yeah like like and that's why this movie is so good i think because yeah, it, it, it covers it, every everything. level of yeah it's not love. A, i don't think i think it's um Probably the most truthful love story I ever seen. One of them, yeah. Yeah, definitely. because portrayals of yeah. Well, 
it, it, it doesn't just focus on the good, it focuses on, yeah, on and the that's bad what I was and saying. it focuses on the ugly. Yeah, and that's what I was saying. Love is, can be so many things to so many people. Yeah. And quite often it isn't pretty yeah. and roses and it, chocolate. It probably doesn't help that it's through Christmas. <laughs> Because you always think, yay, <laughs> yeah, because you know, be Christmas, good. yeah, because Christmas is a time when everything's supposed to be happy and joyous, and you know, it's Christmas, the birth of Christ, right. and you know, and there are so many people around the world that 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 hold this this holiday in very very high regard, whether they're of religious conviction or not. Um, but it is one of those times of year where everyone's nice to each other, yeah, or it's, supposed it's, to be nice it, to each I other. I don't know. It's, yeah, it's a very weird movie, but it's 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 awesome. Yeah. Um, and so that's it. Oh no! And then our last film, which is the twenty twenty one, Happiest Season, season. which um, I'd heard about and really wanted to see because it has Kirsten. Is it Kirsten? Kristen, 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 Kristen Stewart, and Kristen Stewart and uh, Mackenzie. Mackenzie. I always forget her name. Davis. Davis. That's it. Very good. Out of Terminator. Um, Out of the last Terminator. Holt and Catchfire. Yeah, Holt and Catchfire. Let's just, let's just say yeah, Holt and Catchfire. Catch yeah. If you haven't seen Holt and Catchfire, yeah. gosh. Yeah, she's um, in that and she's great. So so it's again, it's an untraditional... Well, I wouldn't say untraditional. Oh, man, this movie made me cringe so many times. <laughs> it, I just felt so sorry for... Um, you know what? I'm sorry, but I really... I, I, they, her family, Mackenzie Davis's family, were doing my head in. No, even her, even her, and even her. Oh yeah, even her. You really didn't like her. So, so basically, it's a love story between two women, played by Kristen Stewart, who is the girlfriend of Mackenzie Davis's character. Yeah, and they go back to Mackenzie Davis's house for Christmas. Yeah, but didn't tell the family that she's gay. Yeah. So the background is that Mackenzie Davis's character can't remember her name. She is living a life in the closet, basically, because her parents are very. Um, let's just say that the kids have had the kind of upbringing where you're fighting over the affection of your parents. So every member of the family is fighting with each other for their yeah. their approval. Um, and even into the adult years where they have now become young women, so there's three sisters. Mackenzie Davis is the middle child. Oh, no, no, she's, yes, the middle child. Then there's the younger sister, and then there's the oldest one, Sloane. Yeah. Yeah. And it's very much a, a family kind of, related story it's, it's the very archaic family it is just, mm. yeah because i mean mom, i don't yeah th- just trying to understand i mean you know it's that whole thing you know families hide a lot of secrets i don't care who you are you know every family has secrets every family has things they don't want to talk about and for this family that mckenzie's mckenzie davis's character was very good at hiding those things which she shouldn't have she should have been honest from it the made, very it just made me so angry. So Kristen Stewart's character is put through so much suffering. Yeah, and you as know the worst thing is she's always, she's always getting slapped in the face. Yeah, like, and she was and she was taking it and she was because she loved it. her so much. So it's really about a movie about acceptance and approval and judge being judgmental of of a situation that you don't understand. Yeah. It's, yeah. But I think the worst thing about this movie is the more that you uncover you uncover about her character. Just the stuff that Aubrey Plaza was saying to her, mm. Kristen Stewart's character, about what she did to her. She, she was doing the exact same thing to even Kristen worse, Stewart's, yeah, even to Kristen worse. Stewart's character. So she told Kristen Stewart's character that she told her family about them, that they were that she was out as a gay woman, and and, a, and she and she came out about her relationship with Kristen Stewart when in fact she hadn't. So her parents had no idea she was gay and had no idea that Kristen Stewart was her girlfriend yeah it's oh and Kristen man. Stewart's character was was actually at the verge of uh was going to propose she was that it's, much again yeah. I think this is um I don't know this is a really hard movie to watch mm, kind of is because some of the characters yeah well just, just like how crap the mum was and just like oh yeah this is your thing and stuff like that and just being a real bitch to Practically everyone. Mm. And her sister Sloane? Yeah. Mm. Psycho. But you can understand, I mean, you can understand why she was the way she was. At least she had a reason. Her husband was falling around yeah, the other woman. Yeah, I, I think this is a movie more about, you, you know, you can choose your family. So you, you can, can choose, you choose your, your friends, friends and, your love, you, and, your, and your lovers, but not your family. Your family and, yeah. yeah. And even then, you make it hard on them. Yeah, I know this ends up, like, really well. Like, it has a positive ending, but... 
I don't know. I still get a funny feeling about it. Like, just mm. did it seem a bit too realistic? I think maybe a little bit too realistic. I think I think not. I think probably about eighty percent it was very real, and mm. then twenty percent not real. Mm. Mm. And and by the way, I'd like to say this isn't a gay story. This is a story about two people who happen to be in love with each other, and it has absolute. I mean, it does have a lot to do with with the fact that they are gay because the uh, main character, Mackenzie Davis's character, chooses not to come out to her parents. But other than that, it's a, it's basically a love story. Yeah, it's it's a very sad mm. story. Kind of is, yeah. Or again, at Christmas time. Christmas can actually be a horrible time. Yeah, I'm well, beginning like to see. <laughs> Die Hard, <laughs> Happiest Season, Gremlins, Love Actually. But yeah. yeah. The majority of these stories are not good. Yeah. It's a lot of death and sadness. Yeah. Um, and that so that's our slate for the Christmas Christmas side of things. So now so I'm far. Yeah, yeah, so far. So we will be continuing this through the rest of the month. Um, and then we're on to our other. So yeah. these are just other movies that we actually we knew were coming out or we decided to see. Um, well, one of them's part of a TV series, uh, Euphoria, which was a special episode, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but Freaky, we, yeah, we got to see Freaky, um, which is 2020 release. Uh, this was This was marketed quite a lot. Because I remember seeing quite a lot. Yeah, of, quite I think they I think they pushed it really hard because of the the success of Happy Death Day. Yeah, Happy Death Day. Yeah, and which, which is was amazing. great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it, yeah, so it's it's a Blumhouse production. Yeah. Yeah, Blumhouse production, um, and it's who who's in this movie that's really oh oh, oh obviously Vince, Vince yeah. And I think this Vince is amazing. Vaughan. This yeah. is this is he's yeah. peaked. He's peaked at this. Yeah. It's a good movie. So it's basically a role reversal movie. So freaky, think Freaky Friday, but uh, very, very different in the, in the sense that it's a role reversal between a, 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 a teenage girl who was a victim of a serial killer. Yeah, and they switch bodies. And they switch bodies. Yeah. And it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's I, actually really, really it's, interesting. It's really well made. Yeah. Um, it is incredibly unique violence in this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And the, the actress, oh, she's amazing. She's really good in this, yeah, playing the dual kind of roles. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so was Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn was actually, the, he was the standout in this. Yeah. But I um, think I think having that comedic kind of background as well really helps. Yeah, yeah. because I'm a Happy Death Day, I mean, let's face it, the Happy Death Day movies, one and two, have that dark comedic element there. Yeah, but uh, let's face it, I mean, the first one was great, the second yeah. one was a bit wonky. Yeah. But, um... I, Vince Vaughn was just, I couldn't believe it. He was just awesome. He played this bloodthirsty serial killer and then obviously he switches roles into a girl in his body. Yeah, so she becomes, so the bodies, yeah, so they swap bodies as part of a, like an ancient Aztec, Aztec curse. Yeah. Dagger. Dagger curse. Sacrificial. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and, and, wish... and actually you made a good point when you said this kind of reminds me of of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, like a couple yeah. of those, a couple of those episodes, real early episodes. Yeah, like you know the hyena one. Yeah, the hyena yeah. one, especially where where possession is like a, a big deal. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, so it's about possession. So basically, he the serial killer possesses the teenage girl's body and vice versa. If you can imagine how messy that would be. It's yeah. Yeah. I wish they focused more on the kind of history of the dagger and mm. stuff like. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I, yeah. I suppose it might have added a little layer to it, but I don't really think they kind of needed to yeah. because they did talk a little bit about it. Yeah, they did. They did. Yeah, a little bit. But um, I mean, the dagger is actually the catalyst. But yeah, the the action and and the story itself is actually really interesting. How she gets his his um, how as Vince Vaughn, um, he he gets his friends on board. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. That's really funny. So, yeah, so it's a horror slash dark comedy, I think, is probably the best way yeah. to um, yeah, to talk about that. Um, so that's freaky, yeah. So if you get a chance to see that, definitely yeah, do. Definitely. Yep. Um, next up is Sound of Metal. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, Reza Med. Reza Med is always, incredible in this. Jeez. He's always done risky things, mm. and this is definitely probably his most risky. I would say it's probably, yeah. Oh, he is amazing in this. Yeah. So basically the story is about Riz, Riz Ahmed's character and his girlfriend 
and they are musicians. Yeah, they play in a heavy metal group that's consisted of just two people, and slowly, um, Reza Med's character Ruben, Ruben, yeah. uh, slowly loses his hearing to the point where he can't play anymore. Yeah, and it's basically his struggles of trying to, I don't know, reinvent himself, mm. Um, mm. so he could be a part of modern society but at that same time he's trying to cling on to his past yeah which includes her yeah yeah and it is very much a story about how he copes with becoming deaf um and his process and what he goes through to kind of reconcile that whole change in himself as a musician who had hearing to someone who has no hearing which as you can imagine for anyone even if you weren't a musician that would be difficult but as a musician, it's incredibly difficult uh, because he's literally giving up his entire life. Well, that's all he's ever done. Exactly. So he's, he's literally giving yeah. up his entire life. Not to mention that the other person that he's connected to the most is the other part of the group or the band. And they split up as a result of this, not because she walks away from him, but because for him to get better, they can't be together. Because, mm. And actually, that was quite important to the story because she really was, I think, a catalyst for a lot of the things that happened um, to them. Yeah, and I think I think for the longest time he never really clicked, and it only really clicked when at it, the very end. Yeah, when it kind of happened. Um, there were just some moments in this where it was very tearful. Yeah, like of, um, it was. It was kind of sad. Yeah. Just moments like when you know when you're better. I think like um, his counselor was saying that when you can just sit there and and don't write or anything. And yeah, and the still, he was talking about the stillness. stillness. Yeah, and actually he got that at the end, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, right at the very end. Right at the very but end. But I mean, yeah, for his character, it was very much a, you know, he, he was he was an addict, so he was a drug addict. Um, for four years he'd been clean, and he was, and because of this, this whole life-changing situation, it put a lot of pressure on his relationship with his girlfriend, because he was starting to feel those feelings again where he wasn't coping. And when an addict doesn't cope, um, you know, that usually means they, they go back to their old habits of yeah. using again, which is what he didn't want to do. Yeah, and he was on the cusp. Um, yeah, this is a very, again, a very, very emotional, emotional, very emotionally powerful story, I think. Um, yeah, and again, it's getting rave reviews right across the board from what I've read so far. Um, and we gave it a four out of five because it is really that good. So if you get a chance to watch something that isn't about Christmas, but is a little bit more serious, um, yeah, definitely give uh, Sound of Metal a go. A definitely go, yeah. yeah. And finally, our last part of the podcast, Euphoria, Trouble Don't Last Always, which is the special episode. Yeah, special Focused episode. Focused on Rue. Rue and what a... Yeah. And that again... I just hate her. <laughs> Just, she is such a difficult character to like. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I like Rue, but she is so difficult to like. Um, and this episode is really all about her. I mean, it kind of focuses a little bit on her addiction. Actually, not quite a lot on her addiction. So this entire episode is really about an experience between her and her um, her sponsor, sponsor, who was amazing, I can't yeah. remember his name, he's out of Walk the Walking Dead, sorry, Fear the Walking Dead, um, and and it's really just all filmed in one, one place, so it's in a yeah, diner. Yeah, I think they're filming this, like, during COVID, and they had a special chance to do to this, do this but yeah. with limited staff, and yeah. I think they chose the wise thing. Oh, yeah, it's amazing, um, the setting was amazing, really, when you think about it. And it's just a single conversation. Yeah, it really is, it's just an episode about her coming to terms with her addiction or not coming to terms with her addiction more, more, more to the point and how her uh, her sponsor is reacting to those those things that she says about herself yeah the thing I don't like about Ro is she thinks it's all about her mm. oh it, it was it was Jules that made me go into yeah I was doing so well until Jules did this and it's like well and he's kind of sitting there going well really you have to kind of take responsibility for yourself yeah it's nobody else's fault but your own that you're in the situation that you're in yeah 
the other things I, I just felt so sorry for him because it, he was just losing a battle that he but could see, never win. That's what's really but, but but that's what's really good about this is that it also focuses on him yeah, and his struggle sure. because he's yeah. an addict. So it's his focus. It's also a focus on him when he goes off and talks to his family, and then he's trying to explain to her, "Look, I've been where you are. This is what's going to happen. Yeah, but the you worst... need to be a better person. Yeah, but the worst thing is she doesn't listen. No, she decides she does, and she and tells him that straight up. I just get a feeling that she's just like, I don't, I don't really think this is going to happen because I'm not going to be around long enough. That's her yeah. response, yeah. and it's so. Honestly, it's so heartbreaking to hear someone say that, you know, a, a young person who's got their entire life... Hasn't even really experienced Exactly, life. and that's what he was saying to her. You know, he was saying, look, I've been where you are, and it does get better, yeah. but you have to do this. Yeah. And she's, she's just like, nah, I don't want to do that. What if I don't want to do that? Yeah. So he's kind of losing his that battle with her um, to the point where he's just like, Okay, this is starting to really stress me out. I've actually got my own family stress. I, and stress you know, the, wor the worst thing is she's trying to hide that she's already high at that point. Yeah, July to, about to that an ex junkie. Too. Yeah, to <laughs> like serious. I even said that. Yeah. When she came out, I was like, she's high, and she's trying to hide it from yeah. this guy. Yeah. Who can see right through her? Yeah. And she's lying about it. It's yeah. like, what are you? What are you trying to gain from this? You know, you're not going to gain anything from this relationship if you're not honest. I just... I and how many know. times did he say that to her? Like, several times. It's it's like Breaking Bad, you know, mm. with... Um, mm. Like, the, the characters you think are good and the characters you think they're bad and they're realising that they can swap. And I, I hope the best for, for her. Mm. But I just don't see it. Mm. That's what I was saying. I just, I just, I just don't. I'm, yeah, I'm finding it really hard. I mean, Jeremy's had real struggles with Rue from the beginning. I, I'm finding it harder to be on her side. I'm finding it hard to, to bat for, for Rue, you know, to say something good is going to come of this because I just, I honestly just feel she's given up. She just doesn't want to fight. I don't think she ever wanted to. I actually think, and she even admits to, to her to her sponsor that she likes being high. Yeah, and then she says all this thing like, oh, I, I, well, I, I almost stabbed my mum with a broken bottle or something. He's, yeah, and that's and, unforgivable. And like, yeah, that's unforgivable. Yeah. And he's like, well, I know that's really bad. But, but... actually, <laughs> it's kind of not as bad as you think. Yeah. yeah, it's like, it's it's just a really horrible situation to be in and he's trying to, he's trying to make it sound like there is hope at the end of the tunnel but as far as Rue is concerned, she doesn't There's, care I don't think there was ever even a light she, Yeah, exactly, well there was never a tunnel as far, as far as she's concerned, she's not doing anything wrong, she's just doing whatever she wants and he points out that she is being so arrogant about it, which you know, I really never thought of until now until then but yeah, it's kind of a hopeless. Yeah, it's it is very it's a very bleak episode. So we're gonna watch something happy afterwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so so yeah. Do be aware that it is kind of a bit of a struggle to watch this, I guess, yeah. because it's, it's, it is. A, I mean, like it is just two people talking, but um, the message is very the important. message is very bleak. But mm. it's it's you can see why Euphoria does, does so, so well. well. Yeah, Euphoria is amazing because it doesn't hide like you know the the lies of society exactly yeah that's what it, it's pulling off the skin of of all of those things that people like to lie about and hide from each other and i think that's what makes this this tv show so so good and so crucial for the times mm. because you've got social especially from from that you know perspective where a lot of young people are using social media to kind of express themselves these days see rue doesn't She's very much she she is very much not like a lot of the other people that she um, she she considers her friends and family. She's you know even her younger sister she's starting to influence her now, which is even more crazy. Yeah. Because it's kind of it's kind of worrisome, isn't it? It is very worrying, but I guess uh, a lot of brothers or sisters kind of take on. That kind of persona of their older brothers or sisters. Yeah, or the younger ones. All the younger ones, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, uh, it's 
it's a weird it's a weird situation put it this way if you've watched the rest of euphoria you cannot miss this because this connects everything it does kind of fill in the dots a bit more on rue um and from my understanding this this part was actually called rue so i'm guessing they're doing character maybe you know more character driven I guess, episodes I guess based maybe on each Jules. main character yeah so Jules yeah. maybe she might be next all that other got the kid yeah. the other guy yeah the yeah. other main character that's in it um so yeah so definitely watch this if you've seen um euphoria if you haven't seen euphoria yet you probably will need to watch uh the first season of euphoria before you look at this yeah definitely yeah and yeah wow that was a big one that was a very very long... varied yeah we had a lot to talk about so yes, um, next week we'll be continuing on with our countdown to Christmas. Hopefully our romance theme will continue as well. Yes, and, yeah, and some other us. stuff. Yeah, and some other things. <laughs> and that's us for another week. And I hope to... Have a great Christmas. Have a great Christmas. Well, and well, see you, you know, have a great see, Christmas, see everyone next and week. See everyone next week. Great, thank you very much. Thank you. Bye. Bye.